Please be seated. Join me in a moment of prayer. <clears throat> we ask that the word of our hearts will find it's in your sight. Amen. Franklin Roosevelt that um, there is no problem economic or political that without that with a spirit of enlightenment cannot be melted away. Talk about the birth of the church, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a year or so ago that there was a of um, special about the universe. It was called Cosmos. And uh, the original one done by Carl Sagan. The new one was done by Neil Tyson, uh, Grass Tyson, I guess that's it, um, at the Hayden Planetarium. And uh, I remember watching a couple different parts of it. And one was he talked about global warming. And in talking about global warming, he said part of the challenge was that um, with the rise of carbon dioxide, which is causing it, he said... <clears throat> Part of our problem is, is we can't see it. We can't see it. And the problem that we have is that with things that we can't see, they don't get our attention. They don't get the attention that they need. And this is true. And so we have to try to call attention. Now, as I mentioned, today is Sunday. And uh, on Pentecost Sunday, we have this description of the birth of the church. Now, the disciples are gathered together, and so are others. It's it's not just the 11. It's a whole group. And uh, as they're gathered together, we find that uh, they they have this experience of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon and they don't know really, um, uh, they don't know really what it's about. They don't know what to think. They don't know what to feel. It's, it's, uh, uh, but mostly, they don't know how to describe it. And so we find in, in this passage, in uh, verse 1, it says, Suddenly a sound like, the, uh, like heaven, like the howling of a fierce uh, wind, entire house. It's amazing because the wind itself. Now, wind, the, the uh, Hebrew word is, is ruah, and wind and spirit are the same word. And uh, what a way to try to describe something you can't see. You can see the effect of the wind, but we can't see the wind. And they said, uh, and then there were, there were like, uh, it looked like flames on each head. It appeared like flames on each head. And so we have this vision of, uh, of, of something we can see, fire on each head. That uh, was what the, the Holy Spirit was like. Or whether it's, it's like a dove descending and so the symbol of the dove. We have the symbol of the dove for Pentecost. Then another way of describing it, and what they try to describe the effect that it had on the people. We can't see the spirit, but we can see the effect. And some people think that they were, they were suffering from uh, being drunk. And Peter gets up and he says, uh, 
No, they're not drunk. Nobody, they're not drunk because it can't be. It can't be the fact because it's only uh, nine o'clock in the morning. So obviously they weren't on a college campus. So uh, that really was not a possibility, it seems. Well, here's the challenge. The challenge for us is trying to understand that which cannot be seen. I was with some colleagues uh, the other day for breakfast, and we were talking about uh, Pentecost coming, and one of them said that it's strange that we talk about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we talk about the Father and the Son, but we don't talk about Spirit very much. People relate, it seems, so much to uh, the Son. Talk about Jesus. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Sayers uh, was once she was working with some Japanese converbs, and there was one woman in particular who was very confused by the Trinity. And she said, honorable, honorable Father, I understand. Honorable Son, I understand. And that makes sense. Honor is something that in, the, in their culture she can understand. I understand. Honorable Father, I understand. Honorable Son, I understand. Honorable Bird, I do not understand. Honorable Bird. Holy Spirit, but you can't see it. That's why. That's why. So the challenge in our day and age especially is in, in previous generations, and I'm talking generations and generations, hundreds of years ago it seemed, that people were able to, to accept what could not be seen. That, that the world and life itself was filled with mystery. But for us, and this has been going on for quite some time, what happens is that when we can't see something in a day, in an age where we want to be able to see and touch and feel and control everything, the real danger is that we end up stop caring. We stop caring at all, and we give up. We give Now, the Holy Spirit is not something that we can control. We can't control it. And so if we can't control it, we can't make it happen. And if somebody, and if you're around somebody who does make the, say they can make the Holy Spirit appear or whatever, that usually is the sign of a cult or someone or, who's very dangerous because that's just not how it works. And so we tend to give up. There's a woman in Arena in South Florida, and she was without power in her home after a hurricane. Without any power. Not sensing any of the power that she needed. And so she, uh, she had a little, uh, I think, a gas, um, gas stove so she could cook on the stove had a flashlight or, or so, battery-operated flashlight, a battery-operated lamp. And finally, somebody called wind of it, and they got in touch with the town mayor, and the mayor said, this can't go on. Uh, she needs help here. And so I sent an electrician over to her house, and within a couple of hours, she had power restored. She said, oh, I'm so happy. I'm going to have a, take a hot shower. But the surprising thing about Narina, now she didn't have a lot of money, but this didn't cost money to have, have her power turned back after it went out from the hurricane. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't Hurricane uh, Harvey. It wasn't even Hurricane Katrina. It was Hurricane Andrew. 
And she was without power, not for one day, not for one week. She was without power for 15 years. 15 years without power. Now, we say that's impossible. can't happen. Nobody would be able to survive. Well, she's in Florida. During the winter, the nights might get a little cool, but she survived. It got cold in the house. But she got used to it. She got used to it and thought there was no alternative and just kept going on, going on. The problem is, is that we can't just turn on the Spirit or have somebody come and fix it for us. It doesn't work that way. But what we can, we can be open to receiving it. We can be open to receiving it. And in some ways, we can put ourselves in places, in times, in situations whether it's prayer, church, whatever it is, that we can put ourselves into the flow, to step into the flow of God's Spirit. I grew up in this area, and um, I must say that going out at nighttime is still nice. I can see some of the stars in the sky. But I can tell you from living out in the uh, wilderness of New Jersey, uh, up in the corner of uh, Sussex County, and then living in Pike County, Pennsylvania, uh, that at nighttime you can see many, many more stars. It's because we had a bigger yard up there, right? <laughs> no. We had a bigger yard. It's because we were away from all the light pollution that comes from the city. Even here. All that pollutes, all the light noise, so to speak, prevents us from seeing the stars. I know a man who lives in New York City, and he grew up in that area, and he loves dogs. But he said, I love having my dog because I take him out at night to walk so I can see the stars. So I can see the stars. See, that's the challenge that we find in the Scriptures. We hear it throughout. Still small voice, sheer silence, whatever it may be. That we have a hard time destroying control. Now, today is Heritage Sunday, where we celebrate the heritage here because it's 50 years since the Evangelical United Brethren joined with the Methodist Church to form the United Methodist Church, April 23, 1968, in Dallas, Texas. I thank Lisa for sending me a, uh, uh, a video. I didn't know it existed, but it showed part of the ceremony celebrating that back from 1968. It was all in black and white. You know it's authentic. My grandfather was the representative of the Council of Bishops, and he gave the Episcopal, uh, Episcopal address. There's about four minutes in there. His address. And I must say, I was very impressed. Very impressed. Um, but the thing was, he talked about two things in particular that I, in, in that short clip that I thought were, were so impressive. One was that we stand in the flow of a great tradition of the Spirit leading the church. We can step into that flow. We can step into that. The tradition of those that have gone before, 
The sacrifices they've made, what they've been able to do, what they've been able to leave for us has been tremendous. And 1968 was a tough, tough time. Times are bad today as well. But in 68, racism was still, civil rights was such a Vietnam, a crisis. Women were coming into their own, as they still are today. So a lot of these issues we face today were still very, very important. But also there was mention of the laity, the power of the laity, and the work of the Spirit in the laity of the church. In our daily bread, there was a little writing by a woman who said, When I first came to you, Lord, I crawled with, across the barrenness with a cup in my hand, uncertain of, of getting a drop of the nourishment you provide. If I had known you better then, I would have come running with a bucket. That is the challenge. The challenge for us is not to give up. We have no control over the Spirit, and it is something that we don't. But we can put ourselves in the place where the Spirit is working in our lives and our hearts and in the mission to which we're called. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity once again as we gather together. This place has provided us with, with safe sanctuary where we can open our hearts and our minds and our lives to the, to the way in which you work in and out of all that is. For the gift of each new day is a gift, a blank slate upon which we choose to write or simply scribble. But may we pick up the pen For this is the next page, the next, next chapter that leads each day to the day after. We give thanks for those that have gone before and brought us to this place. And ask for their continued guidance along the way. We give thanks and hope that we may be able to provide that which is needed for those who will follow us. Today we pray and give thanks for those that are, are in our midst and close to us. We give, give thanks and pray for John's return, his safe passage home this week. For Steve and Katie, who is it's Katie who is now home as well. For Jerry. We pray for those that, that survived the bus accident. Remember and pray for the families of those who have lost loved ones. For Jimmy, who survived, and his friends, the car accident. For, for those in Texas that are now struggling with, once again, loss of life. For those who have been traumatized and injured. 
family and the young man who committed this crime. We ask that you will guide them through this time as well. Help us to find ways of making peace and being open to your spirit that it may direct us to the Prince of Peace. We lift up Molly and Carol. We pray for the work that is done by your church in this place, our churches together in Greater New Jersey Annual Conference, and for the challenges that face all of your people in churches around the world, and those that seek you in whatever form. May they find the guidance that they need. We do so as children but your children. So hear our prayers as we come before you with our own personal prayers. Together we pray the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 